Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and if you've been participating in Earth Day celebrations over the past week, then you're really going to want to hear what Jeff Isbell has to say about being eco-friendly with your pets. Then in part two of our show, Dave Ogle from Pawpedic is going to introduce a pretty spectacular and comfy new bed for pets. So get ready to enjoy this Sunday's edition of the Pet Place Radio Show here on Retro 1260, and we'll get started after a very quick station message. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and in honor of Earth Day, which was April 22nd, I've invited a very special return guest to the show. It's our friend Jeff Isbell, who has some really interesting information on being an eco-friendly pet owner. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Go Earth. That's right. Earth Day needs to be 365 days a year because we need to take care of this planet. It's the only one we've got. Yeah, 360. No, it's just Earth Day. It's We just have to take care of it one day, don't we? <laughs> no, every single day. And as a pet owner, there's a lot of things that we could do, simple things, that actually help keep our Earth healthy. And one of those is just looking at kitty litter. Have you heard about that? Well, the thing about kitty litter is it's not uh it can it, as long as it works, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. And I'm sure people have seen um new kinds of compressed construction materials made out of shopping bags. And kitty litter is just a throwaway, and it turns out that you can uh that people have used recycled products and you can make a decision to buy uh, kitty litter made out of old newspaper. Yeah. In fact, there's a, a lot of new uh, kitty litter out on the market right now that is, in fact, recycled newspaper, and it works great. Kitties don't have a problem using it. You transition slowly. That's the, that's the key to success with any time you want to change your litter. You start off using mostly the litter that you've been using, maybe have a 90% old litter and 10% of the new stuff that you're introducing. And then with each litter box change, what you want to do is gradually transition 80%, 20%, 70%, 30%, until you're at the point where you're using 100% of the new recycled litter. And your kitty has no problem if you you do it that way, and they're happy and the earth is happy. Yes, my cat explained it to me that way. He, He said that he was fine. With the changeover, as long as I did it gradually. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Well, change is really the key. Mm-hmm. We have ways that we do things, right? We go to the store, we buy the products we're familiar with. 
But anyone can be more green. There are experts out there creating ways to do these things. And if you go through the pet section and you read the labels and you see what products are there, and the main key is being willing to make a change. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't take that much effort. A lot of people think, oh, I don't want to change my lifestyle, but, but really there's, there's not that much changing that you have to do. You just have to educate yourself and go from there. You know, that newspaper-based kitty litter is actually more pleasant to deal with. Yeah, I think so too. And I wanted to talk also about another environmental effect, negative impact that cats have on uh, on our natural environment, and that would be outdoor cats preying on our songbirds. Have you heard about that? Oh, sure. That's a huge problem. In fact, it's a very controversial problem. I'd encourage anybody to look into it. It's way more than we can go into here. But but the key is this. There's a natural balance. And it seems like every time we turn around, we people mess it up. We sure do. And so we love our pets, and that's fantastic. But by allowing our pets to run around outdoors... And to breed and reproduce like crazy, we end up with all of these little predatory animals. Cats are excellent hunters, and as you know, they love to play. And they are uh, decimating the wild bird population. Yeah, it's an amazing impact. A lot of people don't think that, you know, the little bird that their cat brings home here or there really affects anything. But there was a study done in Great Britain that tracked how many birds house cats take each and every year. And it's humongous. I mean, if there was a bigger word than humongous, I would use it. And all different species. And the thing about cats, especially house cats who are well-fed, they're not hunting because they're hungry. They're hunting for the sport of it, for the play. And so they'll go out and they'll hunt all day long if they have the opportunity. Can I tell you how that's our fault? Sure. Well, when we breed animals to be pet animals, we breed into them the qualities of being immature because those are the times in the life of an animal when they're the most friendly and the most dependent. Well, this playful stage in cats that we preserve by our human activity in breeding this juvenile quality into them, that's the time in their life when a cat plays with their food. Okay. So that's why they're so they're so likely to take far more prey than they need. Absolutely. And, of course, they don't really need any of it because they're right. well-fed. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just fun for them. And so what can we do to make sure our cats don't adversely affect the environment? Well, it's the same thing we should do to make sure our cats are safe and healthy. We should keep them indoors all the time. And we should spay and neuter all of our pets so that we don't create pet overpopulation. Absolutely. And one of the problems we see with domestic cats is a real high level of irresponsible pet ownership. Somebody will have a cat. It'll be an indoor-outdoor cat. It'll be time for them to move. And they think, well, the cat really likes it here. It's probably not going to want to make the move. And so off they go, and they leave their cat behind. So suddenly there's this cat that becomes what's called a feral cat. And it reproduces with other feral cats. And then oh, you have isn't, isn't that just a neighborhood cat? Well, <laughs> that's what a lot of people call them, is neighborhood cats. And there is actually a difference between a feral cat and a cat that's just, you know, an indoor-outdoor cat. Feral cats actually do have to take care of themselves. 
unless they're one of those fortunate few who lives in a feral cat colony where they have a little old ladies who come out and put uh, bags of food out for them and get them all spayed and neutered and keep them fat and lazy. And contrary to popular opinion, the, the little feral cat colonies really don't do much damage to to the bird populations uh, because the the real excess number of cats who are out wandering are just people's pets because people think it's unfair to keep a cat inside, that they want to be outside, they want to be roaming, they want to be hunting, and so they allow this to happen. Well, here's something I wanted to ask you. When they talk about feral cat populations and they talk about the number of cat feral cats causing problems, how do they know which ones are feral? Well, that's the thing. They label any cat that's outside as feral, and that's one of the big problems we have with people trying to figure out what to do about feral cats is they're mislabeling the ones that have owners. But aren't cats just happier outside? (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a leading question? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I have three very fat and lazy cats that, that live in the house and and enjoy the life of luxury. And when they feel like it, they sit on a, a ledge where they could look outside and, and watch the birds, and that gives them a thrill for about five minutes. And then they go back over to the couch or the bed or uh, anywhere that, that seems comfy, and they sleep. Because really, that's all cats want to do anyway. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when I go out and mow the lawn and I... Uh Walk around on my bare feet out in the yard. I can I can definitely concur with the idea of keeping your pets indoors. Oh no, I think you, I know where this is going. Do you <laughs> happen to find any uh, little presents. cat <laughs> presents for you? <laughs> Donations. Donations. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so annoying because the neighbors' cats in 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 my neighborhood always come to my house and use the garden as their personal litter box. And not even the garden, they'll use the front lawn. And it is so frustrating because I've always been a good, responsible pet owner, and my cats stay inside. And and, I, and that's actually the law. That's what you're supposed to do. Your cats, believe it or not, and I know a lot of people don't know this, may not trespass onto any other person's private property without the express permission of that private property owner. And nobody has asked me permission for their cat to be coming over to my house. (laughs) No, I never got a note like that either. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly didn't approve it either. Anyway, the safest place for a cat is indoors. But let's move on to dogs, dog feces in particular. Now, we all know when we're out walking our dogs, and if they go to the bathroom, we're supposed to pick up after them. But here's what happens. A lot of people don't. In fact, the the old laws were written where if you got your dog into the gutter and let him do his business, you could just leave the leavings right there in the gutter. Curb your dog. Curb your dog, yeah. And that actually is not a good thing because the rain comes or the sprinklers on everybody's front lawns and they wash all that stuff down into the drains. And all that goes out into the ocean. Have you seen the uh, the text that they'll actually print? You know, drain goes to ocean. Yeah, I don't think that really makes the point that it should be making. Do you think the sign should say, um, "Dog crap goes to the ocean"? <laughs> And pollutes the water and closes the beaches. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, feces. 
<laughs> just whenever I hear feces, I think I'm hearing species. Oh, and I want to make sure people know what we're talking about. Yeah. And it is a bunch of. <laughs> it's a bunch of. Because it's not uh, supposed to go into the water. No, it's not. And back in the 1990s, researchers discovered that most of the bacterial plumes that cause the, the beach closures oh. um, are traced back to dog feces. Dog? Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> you wouldn't think that your pets are causing this problem, but they are. And and so we're not just talking about dogs who happen to be at the beach. We're talking about all over. You could live far inland, and if you're not careful and you don't clean up, that's all going down into our water supplies. Now, let me say something you'd usually say. I mean, we certainly can't expect the dogs to make better decisions. No. So <laughs> it's not really the dog's fault, is it? No, absolutely not. There are little charges. There are responsibility. We need to clean up after them, and it's such a simple thing to do. I mean... It's part of it, part of being a dog owner. It's just like if you have a baby, you have to change its diaper. That's just part and parcel with being a dog owner. Well, as I said earlier, it's it's just about being willing to change, and it's it's for a very important reason. You know, pets are a fun subject, and this is a fun show. But I mean, we don't know if there's even if we even have the opportunity to get out of the woods on this environmental problem that we've created. Yeah. But we better try. Absolutely. And if I try. And so if we if we just change a few simple habits, that's that shouldn't be so bad. Speaking of the ocean and dogs, uh you know, what about the dogs down at the uh, dog beach? Oh, uh, that that is just such an annoying thing for me. I think it's great for people to take their dogs to the beach, mm-hmm. but they need to remember this is not a dog park where their dogs can run loose. Dogs at the beach have to be on a leash. And there's a good reason for it. First of all, if your dog is 100 yards away from you or 200 yards away from you and you're busy talking to somebody else and it goes to the bathroom, you're probably not going to notice. And all of a sudden, there's all this dog excrement on the beach that other people are trying to enjoy. And and I know in Huntington Beach, the city of Huntington Beach is actually thinking of taking away Dog Beach because of this very problem that people won't clean up after their dogs. What is it in the nature of people that, and, and, and I'm a people, <laughs> but still, what is it about us that you can hear something said by somebody and you just say, eh, no, I'm not going to do that? I, I don't know. It's just like when people toss trash out in the, in the street. You know, why why would anybody oh, yeah, well, do, I, that I do that anymore? <laughs> oh, but, I, but I put it in the can. Oh, you mean right out on the, <laughs> the actual street. Well, oh, you know, my my brother has dogs, and he he no matter how many times I tell him, he takes his dogs down to the beach and lets them off leash. Wow. And that's a bad idea, not just because of the uh, dog excrement problem, but because dogs are likely to get into skirmishes with other dogs. Even if they're normally happy-go-lucky, friendly dogs, certain times personalities don't mesh, and when that happens, you've got a dog fight. Or... Or you have owners getting in the middle of that and getting bit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You never and want to separate dogs that are fighting using your hands or your feet or for any part of your body. I mean, if anything, grab a hose, grab some rocks, whatever you can do. <laughs> Maybe not rocks. But 
Or a hose at the beach. That yeah, would be hard to that find. That would be hard to find. I mean, there's you're kind of out of luck at the beach. Another reason why you need to keep your dogs on leash. On leash. But, but, way you but can definitely them. don't try and break up a dog fight because you're not going to be able to do it very successfully and you're going to get hurt. Yeah. For some reason, when you were talking about separating dogs and then right after excrement, I kept imagining trying to separate excrement with my hands. And I, thought, <laughs> I don't want to do that either. <laughs> So you should bring plastic bags. Bring your plastic bags, your recycled plastic bags, yeah, your you shopping plant. grocery plastic bags. You already have them. Use. Yeah, they're everywhere. Even if you don't have them, you could probably find one laying around somewhere. But since I'm the kind of person that doesn't mind beating a, a point to death, mm-hmm. I just want to stress again. So you're saying it's not okay to let your dog run off leash at the beach. No. Now, the 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 name Dog Beach means... You can take your dog to that particular beach. To some beaches you can't. Most beaches. Most beaches you may not take your dog to, period. But some beaches allow dogs, but they must be on a leash. Now, that's not to be confused with a dog park. I was just going to say, dogs have to have some place they can run. Yeah, at dog parks, they're fully enclosed. They're specifically designed just for your dog to go run around and have a good time. But even if you go there, you have to pay attention to your dog. Make sure it's social, and uh, be prepared for potential uh, interaction that's not very friendly. Skirmish. Mm-hmm. But usually, those little skirmishes, they don't last too long. And if you just uh, let them work it out, they'll usually break apart, and, and everybody's fine. When everybody gets excited and starts screaming and yelling, that's when the skirmishes escalate and we see more injuries. Do we have time to talk about pet overpopulation? Well, absolutely. We only have one minute, though, but let's talk about pet overpopulation specifically with regards to consequences of dogs being off-leash at the beach. Well, it doesn't take long. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. When dogs are in the mood, there's no foreplay. <laughs> and the next thing you know, puppies are on the way. And the real question becomes, where are they going to go find a home? And the answer is, and the evidence is there, you can look it up at any time and see the facts are true. There is no place for those puppies to go. You may think you're going to find homes, but ultimately there are never enough. That's and they right. end up being destroyed, perfectly healthy animals being destroyed. Right. And uh, that's definitely not good for the earth. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show again today, talking about all these important issues. We always have a good time talking together. Thank you. We need to take a station break now, but please keep it tuned to Retro 1260. And when we return, Dave Ogle from Pawpedic will be joining us here on the Pet Place Radio Show. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and Dave Ogle is joining us now from Pawpedic. Welcome, Dave. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well, and I received a really interesting press release uh, not too long ago about some special pillow-top mattresses for pets. Right. That's very, very cool. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Well, the idea is they're a a real inner spring mattress rather than uh, an all-foam cushion. The market seems to be dominated with uh, foam mattresses, a lot of them imported. And these are a real traditional-style mattress, but we've put uh, oval shapes, round shapes, corner styles. We have four different styles and uh, definitely have a lot of benefits for bigger, older dogs, more with arthritis or uh, 
any type of ailments or anything. But so. How has the reaction been to the bed so far? Real positive. We were really quite surprised that uh, the, the market seems to, uh, there, there, or there's a need for this type of product. A lot of veterinarians and things have been approaching us with the, the idea that there's a lot of health benefits for the, the bigger dogs. Well, that makes sense. I mean, for people, when you have back problems or you're suffering from joint pain, you know, one of the things you really have to look at is your bed, and is it a good quality, comfortable bed that will help you or worsen your situation? And I'm sure the same holds true for pets. Yeah, Yeah, even though they they may not have the same spinal issues that the humans will, it's still good support, uh, you know, tenderness to the body. uh they they will receive a benefit from the bed and, and uh, uh, help hopefully live a longer life. I think that's most okay. people are interested in. And it pampers them, too, yeah. and they deserve it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you must be a dog lover yourself. You haven't always been making pet beds, have you? No, no. We started in the marine industry and have uh, 24 years in that. And with the slower economy, uh, you know, this, this idea is something I've had the idea for years, and uh, we decided to go ahead and start doing it and been doing it right at about a year now. And uh, the development of it is really catching on fast. And uh, we're quite surprised by uh, how many people are generally interested in it, uh, especially for the bigger dogs, 20 pounds and up, really can get a benefit from it. Yeah, you don't really want them sleeping on the floor, even if it's carpeted. Sleeping for hours on the floor just can't be good. Yeah, one of the things we really seem to be surprised at is that large dogs like Great Danes or dogs that are well over 100 pounds mm-hmm. uh, with these foam mattresses they just break down so fast that uh, oh, that's true. They, they, the people go through them and these beds will last you know three to five years uh, they come with covers uh, waterproof covers that can be taken off it, for all purposes it's a real pillow top style mattress with springs it looks like a bed it has a high back or a a rim around the edge so that it uh, holds them in and uh, comes with a waterproof cover and then also a decorative cover. Oh, tell me a little bit about the decorative covers. Well, you can go online and choose from the different patterns that are available and and uh, that way it you know, blends in more with the home. Okay. And, uh, and then the waterproof cover is important. Most people feel that they uh, want to be certain that it uh, it has that feature, so everything's launderable except for the mattress itself. It's that a real would be bed. really good if you have an older dog, especially a dog that's getting to the point where it's a little bit incontinent and you want it to have a nice comfy bed, but you need to be able to clean up easily. Yeah, Sounds keep it clean great. and sanitary. Right. Now, how do you wash the covers? They're, uh, the materials are microfibers. They're launderable. You throw it in the washer and wash it like you would anything else. Okay, so you don't really have to worry about shrinkage no. or it not fitting properly afterwards. No, all the materials are color fast, and they're they're not going to shrink. Uh, they have elastic. It's like a fitted sheet. Okay. And the idea is you look at it like a bed. You have a real mattress, a mattress pad. In this case, it's a waterproof pad, okay. and then a decorative cover that goes over it, uh, something like a a bedspread. And and how many different sizes of these beds do you have? We have four sizes, and they come in. Our, well, there's four models. And there's five sizes, from an extra small to an extra large. Okay. And so, and what would the largest size be? Let's say you have a, a Mastiff. Would it fit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have them. And also we can do custom sizes. Oh, okay. But uh, the standard one that we have, rectangular, is basically half of a queen-size bed with oh, a wow. rim around the edge. So you could get comfy on the mattress, too, with your dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch TV together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. And do you have a dog yourself? 
Uh, not at the moment, but I've had uh, several in the past. Okay. And have your friends tried out these uh, beds for their dogs? Yes. Uh, everybody we know in the last year when we were doing product and development, uh, we were passing these out, trying to get feedback and response and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of mold the product from there. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's been a hit so far. Oh, that's very cool. Now you have a website, don't you? Yeah, Pawpedic, uh Pet Beds, or just Pawpedic dot com. And that's P A W P E D I C. Correct. Dot com. And you can go on there, and there's all the information is there. You can order online. It shows all the fabrics uh, to choose from. Okay. And uh, usually it takes just about a week or so to get something done and shipped out. Wow. Now, are these also available in pet stores, or is it simply online at this point? Right now it's online, and you will be seeing it in stores in the near future. Okay. Now, we just recently had the big pet expo, um, and I'm wondering if you had a chance to show your your beds at the pet expo. Oh, the Orlando show? Actually, the one in Orange County. Uh, No, no, we didn't do that. We were just in the Orlando, but that's the, the Pet Products Association. Okay, okay. Well, you missed out because it was a fabulous event, and lots of pet owners would have, I think they would have really enjoyed that. Pet beds are usually a big hit at yeah, the Pet Expo, so you should check it out next year. Yes, I will. <laughs> it, I think that's something we are getting into, and okay. uh, the circuit of sh- uh, shows across the country. Okay. Uh, it's a new product. It's, it's just coming out, and uh, uh, I think as time goes on, you'll see it more and more in venues like that. So you were previously making beds for boats. And you moved over to pet products. Do you see yourself expanding into other areas, maybe pet couches? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think right now this uh, this idea seems to be catching on real fast, and mm-hmm. we hope it grows, obviously, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll stay with this for right now. Okay. you got to come up with some really nice designs and patterns because I see this being a real uh, fashion trend sort of thing. <laughs> well, we hope so. <laughs> We hope so. Okay, let's give out your website one more time. Pawpedic.com. Okay. And you can go on there, see all the different sizes and styles. And if you have any questions, there's an 800 number to call as well. Oh, do you have the 800 number? Yeah, 800-241-7751. Okay. Well, Dave, I know a lot of listeners like to make sure their pets are pampered properly, so thanks for coming on the show and telling us all about Pawpedic. Well, thanks for having me. We need to take our final break of the morning, but when we return, it's time for Pet Place News and Events, coming right up on Retro 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. In keeping with our Earth Day theme, since Earth Day should last 365 days a year, I want everyone to mark their calendars for Paws in the Park on May 1st. Come on out and plant trees at the Redondo Beach Dog Park. Not only will this project be adding some O2 to our atmosphere, it will provide shade for our dog buddies and their owners. The event is planned from 11 to 4 p.m., and the address of the dog park is 200 Flagler Lane in Redondo Beach. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spare and neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.